Pinch the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. And uh, so, Ryan, we talked about this off air, and I'll just let the listeners know. We're going to mix things up a little bit. You know, we've been doing this show now for, I don't know, 15 months or so, and we kind of got ourselves into a nice little rhythm here. But, um, you know, we're also sensitive to, you know, people's time issues and stuff. And I know if you're looking for a new podcast and you look through the listings and you see something is like, you know, 90 minutes long, like you don't know, you know, maybe you're not familiar, you don't know. So we're going to try to tighten it up a little bit and, uh, and, and come out with, with the, uh, with the fast stuff first and, you know, like the, the stuff that's on people's minds. And, uh, so, you know, normally that might be like a hot button issue and, and we were all set to go with something and, and we will get to it later, but today's been a massive news day. So, you know, we're, we're going to start right off the bat with the news. And uh, Ryan, uh, tell us what's going on. I guess the big news is, uh, you know, the co-main event is off for this coming weekend's uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, today's big thing, big story is uh, this upcoming weekend UFC 272 card. Uh, co-main event was supposed to be Rafael Dos Anjos against Rafael Fiziev. It was a fight that got pushed back a couple weeks because Fiziev was having visa issues. He got his visa. You know, got to Las Vegas, everything was good, and all of a sudden he tested positive for COVID, and he has he's he has symptoms. He said he said he's he has a bad cough, he's sick, he's got body aches, he's you know in a hotel in Vegas. So that fights off. So now the question becomes, what happens with it? Because they're trying to get uh, Dos Anjos a replacement opponent, and it's kind of crazy how you contrast where last where a couple weeks ago when Benil Darius. Uh, had to pull out of the Islam Makachev fight. Fight literally every fighter that they were calling that was ranked was saying no, and it took to get get Bobby Green. Whereas now all of a sudden you got all these guys stepping up to want to fight Dos Anjos, including Makachev. I was going to say Makachev's the guy. Yeah, well he he talked about it. Uh, they said you know Makachev said uh, or or maybe it was Ali who was tweeting for him, you know, who, you yeah. know, one of those two, uh, we're saying at 170 this weekend, it does not look at this moment as a Monday night at, uh, 11 Easter time. It does not appear that it's going to be Makachev. Uh, as far as I know for right now, uh, Renato Moicano looks to be the front runner to step okay. in, to step in. Uh, they're going to find somebody. It's just a matter of who and, and what happens? And another thing about it is, and Dos Anjos, he wants to fight this week. This week, and he hasn't fought since November of 2020. That fight against Paul Fe- Paul Felder, and he's been he he had this camp pushed back a couple weeks. He's been dying to get back to just you know every time he's been training for a fight, it's been either COVID or a freak knee injury where he had to have surgery. So he's eager to fight. Uh, they're going to get him a fight. It's just a matter of who. Looking like Moicano right now. Who knows? Things could, you know, it's a very fluid situation. But uh, also, Dos Anjos and Viziev was supposed to be a five-round fight. It'll more than likely, oh. any replacement will more than likely be a three-round fight, though that's not official word on that one. Okay, so I can't really. I didn't know I can't that. really. Yeah, yeah, They because they were supposed to main event, okay. main event that card, and they had bout agreements. And okay. with no title fight, you have just a single five-round fight. They've experimented. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. with the yeah. Diaz rules. Diaz they've experimented. Rule. Yeah. They've experimented with co-main events being five rounds. And you know, there's talk about doing it more and more whenever they only have cards that only have one title fight. You know, except mm-hmm. if they put their 
pollution of Komei. But uh, yeah. but yeah. That's uh That's what so that, okay, and the Moicano would that be at lightweight then? Yeah, it'd, it'd still be a lightweight. They might okay. do who knows, they might do do a catch weight. Dosanyas was talking about being open to fight at one sixty five. Yeah. Okay. He he eventually agreed to fight Makachev at one seventy, but he was floating the idea of one sixty five at first. So it could be one fifty five. I think that Dasanyos is one sixty five anywhere anywhere in that. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying. That would be a great fight for Makachev. I don't think that's a great fight for uh, Dasanyos. So I could see where he'd want to fight Moicano um, because Makachev. I mean, we've said this, you know, for. The whole time we've been doing this podcast, Makachev's a guy nobody wants to fight, and uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later. You talked about it in your column. Like the one negative against him is that he hasn't really fought anybody, and this would be a big name, former champion, that he you know he could hang on his resume, and uh, you know, and and I guess Dos Anjos in his first fight back doesn't really want to be a sacrificial lamb. So, yeah, I don't I don't think the Makachev talks are really that serious. I think it's a social more of a social media game okay. they play in. Uh, it was a name that immediately, like, I, I didn't even know. I'll be honest with you. Like, before I saw a, something about Dasanyos Fiziev being off, and it just it didn't register. And then as we were about to start recording, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that was a co-main event. So I, you know, and then immediately just in my head went to Makachev. So um, obviously that's where people are social media are thinking as well. Um, but that wasn't the only big news today. No, it wasn't. Uh, Dana White uh, did was doing his media rounds that he does during during usually on Monday during fight week did a whole bunch of interviews but uh this one was with uh john morgan now of the underground formerly of mma junkie <laughs> junkie now with the underground uh underground that was a big mma media kind of story over the weekend but uh yeah in his interview with john morgan uh he base they they haven't made it like an, an official announcement but dana said that gilbert burns against kamzat chamaya is a go for April 9th, UFC 273 in Jacksonville. So you got the two title fights plus plus that fight plus a really strong card for the rest that's, of the That's show. a so that massive looks, card. That looks big. Uh, UFC 274, we've been speculating, talking about it for, for weeks, about where it's going to be ever since they talked about about the ever since they announced they were moving it from Brazil. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. You have uh, Charles Oliveira against Justin Gaethje in the main event. It's Gaethje's home state. So so they go from fighting in Oliveira's home country to fighting in Gaethje's home state. Uh, they did move the uh, – what was the supposed to be the co-main event? The heavyweight title fight between Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prochaska. That's been moved to UFC 275 on June 11th. No location for that. Don't know the exact reason. Don't know if they're getting a second title fight fight for uh, 274 or uh, no no chance that, no chance that would be Brazil, eh? Uh, I it's probably too early to tell. I can't really give a give a an exact answer on that. Uh, sure, you know there was talk about after Israel fought a couple weeks ago. There was talk about him coming back in June June to fight. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me, fight Jared Cannon near, near possibly that might you know end up being in July. There's a whole lot of different ideas for the International Fight Week card. <laughs> I would say that, it, I would say that if that's the card, Conor McGregor wants to come back on. He he gets he gets 
priority over everything. But uh, also heard there's possibilities of doing a double title fight with Usman Edwards and Adesanya Cannoneer on that because they want to have a big show that you know the that lives up to the whole international fight week thing so yeah that makes there's that so far that's that's shaping up to be a real big weekend in vegas july 4th weekend um at big week i mean you know you got the hall of fame you know with live with fans again i assume for the first time probably some other events happening in vegas that week so yeah they're almost getting back to it's not quite the ufc fan expo from from you know the pre reebok days and the pre you know back back in the day where they had the big old ufc fan expo with all the fighters but they're doing something that's kind of like a hybrid between what they've been doing the last few years and a fan expo so so there's gonna be a lot of fighters out there and they're trying to make it you know the destination weekend again all right, and then uh, I, I think the other news that's on everybody's mind, and and it does relate to UFC as well, well MMA in general, in a couple of different instances, um, is you know this war in Ukraine and how it's affecting the world of sports, and specifically UFC. You had in your column on uh, the Monday MMA Roundup at FightGameMedia.com, um, you know this this UFC London card that like it's I swear it's cursed. I mean we've been talking about this for it feels like a year. And uh, now it looks like the main event could be in jeopardy, be Alexander Volkov and Tom Aspinall, because the UK is not willing to approve visas for Russian athletes. And we've seen this in KSW as well. They pulled a fighter from Russia. I assume it's visa issues. KSW is taking credit for it. You know, that oh, we're not going to let a Russian fight on our card. Um, you know, whatever it is, I mean, it's not happening. And And I've even seen, even the NHL is talking about, you know, like, what are they going to do about their Russian athletes who are basically refusing to, you know, take a side? And so not going against the war, you might as well be saying you're for it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and there's three other athletes on the card as well. Um, Tamir Valiev, Shamil Abdurahimov, and Sergey Pavlovich are all awaiting visa approval that they're probably not going to get. Yeah, it's a it's a real sticky situation. I mean, I mean, these guys are independent contractors. They don't fight for like a Russian national team. So, yeah, while they're Russian and they, they're from Russia, some of them still live in Russia. They're not necessarily represent, you know, they're mm-hmm. representing Russia in a way, but not necessarily representing. Uh, I know Volkov. He's he's been public last few days being anti-war and anti what's going on. I mean, okay. I don't think a guy like that should be punished. I mean, he's very no. he's been very vocal about, you know, being against everything going on, everything going on. I don't think I mean, just taking a hard line of saying saying it doesn't matter who you are. If you're from Russia, we're not going to allow you in our country. That's that's not fair to fair to the fact that the the vast majority and the vast vocal majority of Russians are against what's going on on right now. It's not fair to treat treat everybody the same, you know, because these, you know, it's just, you just got to take it, I guess, case by case. If there's somebody out there who one of these fighters are taking a very hard line stance, you know, being pro all of this going on, maybe you look at it that way, but just to have a blanket, like if you're from Russia, we're not approving you to make a living, living yeah. that's that's kind of bullshit in my opinion in my opinion so it's just it's it's a real touchy situation it's a shame what's going on and hopefully things don't get worse and they yeah. get better before they and they get better you know but uh it's just uh i mean i hate 
I hate punishing innocent people who, yeah. who, who take, who take the the right side of situations like this. So the only thing I'll say is I, I listened to an interview with um, with a Russian, like he's he's a, a journalist that's from Russia, although I think he now works in in the United States. This was on a podcast that I listened to up here in Canada called um, Drive Time. It's uh, on the biggest sports station in in Canada in Toronto. Anyways, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about how uh, for Vladimir Putin, um, sports is a real real big deal for him. And he uses the sports, professional sports, amateur sports, all kind of sports as a kind of like a, a patriotic thing to get the country rallying behind, um, you know, the the Kremlin and, and him. So when Russian athletes do well, he basically takes credit for it and he pumps money into all these different training programs and everything. So the the reason that a lot of these countries are taking that action is because he will notice it if it's something to do with sports. And I know that there's a World Cup game. The I think it's the Polish national team is refusing to play Russia. And, uh, you know, there, there's some other talks in different international things. So it, I think that's why it's happening. But I do agree with you that, you know, unfortunately, the athletes who really have nothing to do with this are being punished. And, you know, Alexander Volkov, I don't even know, you know, how much time he even spends in Russia. Um, but, you know, like he's known, like he's, fought most of his career outside of Russia. You know, he's in Bellator for years and UFC now for, I think, five, six years. So, I mean, uh, another, like another guy that we mentioned was other, Tamir Valiev. I think yeah. he spends most of his time training in New Jersey. I think he's in yeah. New Jersey right now. I don't even think he's in in Russia. No. But the fact that, you know, he'd be coming from yep. from New Jersey because he trains with with uh, Frankie Edgar's team and all, and all that. And it's just like, I mean, you were talking about a guy coming from the U- U.S., the, to the U.S. to London, who just happens to be, you know, Russian. I mean, yeah. they're telling they're telling him he might not be able to fight. He's not. He's halfway across across the country from all this going on right now. It's kind of like, it's, yeah. It's just you got to kind of take it a case by case, and you know, you don't want to make like I said, don't want to make innocent people suffer from not being able to make a living over all this. No, I, I yeah, I agree with that, and uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, if if you know, I mean, there's nothing UFC can do about whether or not uh, the UK grants a working visa, but they can rebook the fight somewhere else. So yeah, that's probably I mean, what'll happen. I, I I know for a fact that the UFC has tried getting, tried telling anybody, any fighter who's in Russia, like get out of there, you know, as quick <laughs> yeah. as quickly as possible. Just get, just get out, just go, you know, yeah. go out. Come to Vegas. Well, well, not not necessarily, the, but the, all the London people, they've been yeah. trying to get them to London. As quickly yeah. as possible, because if they can get them there, maybe they can get the visa issue sorted out. I mean, sometimes sometimes these sports organizations they can negotiate with the with the government and get you know what they need done done. That card's in so, two weeks, isn't it? Uh, three weeks, yeah. Three. Oh wow, was it seventeenth or twenty fourth? Yeah, uh, the sixteenth. So yeah, two uh, weeks from this uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, it was. Whatever, what? No, the the nineteenth. Sorry, the 19th. yeah, two weeks from this, 19th, two weeks yeah. from this, so two, two and a half weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two and a half weeks. Wow, that's coming up. Yeah. All right, so we'll come back. We got just a few little minor news items. We'll come back to later, but um, so we usually kick off with the UFC reviews, but this week we're actually going to talk about Bellator because I, I honestly think probably the biggest fight this past weekend was the uh, Bellator middleweight title fight that took place on Friday. Friday afternoon, our time, uh, you know, evening in uh, in 
Dublin. And it was Jagard Musasi defending against Austin Vanderford. And, um, you know, and it went, well, I'd say it went kind of how we expected. I don't think anybody expected Musasi to finish him in 90 seconds, but um, everyone expected him to win. Um, Vanderford was exposed. Um, you know, and, and it's sad because I mean, this was a guy that was 11 and 0, and you know, a real, real prospect. And really, everyone said as soon as this fight was announced, oh, he only got this fight because he's Paige Van Zandt's husband. And he went in there and fought like a guy that only got this fight because he's Paige Van Zandt's husband. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Musasi, but this was this, he was way out of, um, uh, Vanderford was way out of his league, or you know, Mosasi was way out of Vanderford's league. Is what I'm trying to say. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that whole Bellator middleweight division is bad as is. Musasi's just like a, at a complete other other level. Like he just he stands out. He doesn't. Uh, he's too good for Bellator. Let's be honest. Like he needs to be back. With the UFC, I mean, he's talking about how the, how he's the best middleweight in the world, and the fight everybody would want to see right now is him and Adesanya, and he could easily leave Bellator and hop right back in with the UFC and get a title shot right away, right away. I mean, but uh, unfortunately, he's got five fights left with Bellator. I mean, he made the right move at the time to make more money and win these titles, but the, when you look at the what's there in the middleweight division at Bellator, it's like nothing like Vanderford was a legit top contender because they don't have any top contenders at middleweight there. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And, and then even worse than this match that was made was something else that you definitely wanted to talk about. And if we didn't have all this news, this would have been what we we're going to lead off the show with. Um, and uh, Ryan, I mean, you wrote about it in your column, but the announcement that was made on this show uh, was ridiculous. And why don't you just tell us about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this is our topic of our, of our weekly, we have to talk about segment, but, uh, this week I have to go on a rant on Bellator matchmaking, uh, because they have, uh, I bash Bellator's matchmaking a lot on this show because I think it's, it's not good. Well, I'll just be on, be honest. I mean, they, they do make some good stuff, but, a lot of it makes you scratch your head, but this is perhaps the biggest head scratcher of them all. So the co-main event on on the Dublin card on Friday, which had a fantastic crowd, let's just you know that that whole environment was great. Even though I only saw like the last two fights, but I could tell. <laughs> anyway, the co-main event saw Sinead Kavanaugh uh, beat Leah McCourt by unanimous decision. And immediately after the fight, they announced that Kavanaugh would get a rematch with Chris Cyborg for the featherweight title. They said they used the phrase soon, soon. I don't know how soon it's going to be because Kavanaugh's leg took a beating, beating uh, in the fight. So I don't know how soon she's going to be able to fight. First of all, this tells me that uh, McCourt was going to get the title fight had they won and they were banking on her winning. So that kind of ruined the plans. But Sinead Kavanaugh is coming off a loss to Cyborg just over three months ago in November in a fight she didn't even look one ounce competitive in. She looked was, basically like Austin Vanderford against Jake Musazi. Probably worse, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. 
And if you listen to our show months ago when that fight was coming up, I was talking about how Kavanaugh didn't even deserve that fight because she had no. a lot. She had won two in a row after losing four or five. Four or five. She was just – they need an opponent for Cyborg, and that's it. And this is another situation. This is the same situation. They need an opponent for Cyborg, and this is who they choose because Cyborg only has one or two fights left on her contract, and it has to be fulfilled by summertime. And she becomes a free agent regardless of whether she has both her fights or not. So they have to get her a fight. And yeah. this is what they got. So, but it's horrible matchmaking. Oh, you yeah. Even, there's other options. If I if I know Scott Coker, like chances are they've probably got another UK show, maybe even in Dublin or London, lined up for like June or something. And that's probably when they're going to do this fight. And it'll be the main event, and it'll be the exact same as it was last November. The funny thing, I was just looking at the records. Um, Cyborg's last two wins before she beat um, uh, Sinead was against Leslie Smith and Arlene Blanco. Well, Leslie Smith and Arlene Blanco have both beaten Sinead Kavanaugh as well. So, I mean, that, this is, you know, you can talk about MMA math, but we just saw the fight. Like, we, we know how this is going to go. And Leah McCourt, yeah, she came in six and zero, but I mean, she's a very young prospect, um, you know, who's beaten like nobody. Um, and yeah, th this is desperation, and and I guess it's just filling the contract for you know for Cyborg, and then if she retains, I guess, you know, then she's got to sit out a year or get re up for a year, uh, you know, how, however she decides to to go. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel the same way as you, and and they, they've got to get, got to get their shit together. I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, I mean, there's, there's a reason nobody's watching these, these oh. shows, and and they, I mean, it's because they're not, they're not giving you stuff, stuff you want, want to see outside of, you know, McKee and Pitbull, Pitbull. Yeah. I mean, that's about, that's about it. I mean, the bell, the their bantamweight Grand Prix will be fun because there's mm -hmm. great fighters in it, but. But I mean, I mean, they're look at some of these fights they're making. They're making Yoel Romero against Melvin Manhoff. It'll be crazy because those two guys are nut are uh, nuts. But, but it could but, be bad. It I mean, could be you know, horrible. But I mean, yeah. but, but when you look at that fight being made on paper, you're just like, what? Yeah. You know, it's like it's like I mean, there's just so many there's just so many things that they do do when you it check comes the to calendar. Matchmaking. You're like, oh, what, what year is like, it? Like yeah, like what? Like what is like what is some of the this stuff? You know, Ryan Bader against Chet Congo. It's like, well, you know, yeah, what? What? Yeah, like, title fight. Yeah, so it's just some of the. It's just yeah. uh, I just, I mean, they're they're falling so far behind everybody else. It's 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 kind yeah. of sad to sad to see and Scott no, Coker. And Scott Coker's going to start running out of people before, t before too long because some of these people are just are going to be leaving the sport soon. So well, yeah, they can, <laughs> just aging out. Um, aging yeah, out. I mean the the um, PFL, um, KSW, um, you know, uh, one, um, even Combate, like they're all like you know if they haven't passed Bellator, they're on their way to passing Bellator. In terms he, of, I mean, Habib's Habib's Eagle oh, FC, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's building momentum. Eagles so, FC, yeah. Even LFA. But you have more people watch LFA than watch, you know, some of these Bellator shows. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. I would imagine.
Yeah, probably so. Yeah, considering that there's several million bypass subscribers. Well, it's I think seven fifty, but I mean, you, most of those people are watching it. It's not like you know, yeah, you might have thirty million people watching Showtime, but none of them are watching Bellator. No. Yeah. Um, okay. So the the rest of that card, um, it, we'll just run down the results real quick. Ciaran Clark, he stayed unbeaten, beat Abu Tunkura. Uh, Kassan Megamid Shapirov, also unbeaten, uh, beat Jose Sanchez by uh, decision. And Janelle Logo won a decision over Brian Moore, who is uh, an Irish fighter. He's on all these cards. And just looking at the prelims real quick, Brett Johns got a win. Uh, Vladimir Tokov. And Nathan Kelly, uh, Kirill Sidnikov, uh, lost to Gokan Sarkum. Is that the Gokan? No, no. Oh, that's no. different Gokan. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Kirill Sidnikov was a guy that was had a little bit of buzz a few years ago. But you know, baby Fedors, they're calling him baby Fedor there for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's baby, uh, Huey. Um, okay. I, I don't even know what that reference means. Um, <laughs> So we'll go to uh, go over to UFC, um, and uh, so we're going to do our um, our reviews of UFC a little bit differently than what we have been. Rather than just kind of go down the fight cards in order, we'll talk about the main event, and then we're just going to give our what we're going to call our three stars. You know, kind of like in hockey, where you have um, you know, like you pick your three stars of the game. Ryan and I both have our three stars. And then, you know, we'll just we'll quickly run down the results and, you know, tell you if there's anything that wasn't included in our three stars that you might want to go out of your way to see. So um, if you haven't already. So the main event, uh, we talked about a little bit already. Uh, Islam Makhachev, uh, you know, just destroyed Bobby Green. I mean, there's not really much else to say. Bobby Green took this fight on 10 days notice, fought two weeks ago. Um, and Makachev is on another level anyway. So even with a full camp, Bobby Green probably wouldn't have had much of a chance here. But um, it, it was weird because even though Bobby Green lost in, you know, three minutes and 23 seconds uh, by a TKO, I think he actually, if any, like he definitely didn't lose anything and he may have even gained uh, coming out of this. I don't know if you I mean, agree. Yeah, I mean, he had nothing. This is this is a free roll for him. He had he had everything to gain and nothing to lose. And I'll say, I hope he at least got paid six figures for it. But it's funny, the fight only lasted lasted a little over three minutes. Bobby Green landed nine significant strikes, which he's, uh, I mean, guys who have lasted longer longer than him landed less against less against uh, Makachev. So he learned a little bit. He uh, he. Blocked that first takedown, but once once Makachev got him on the ground, it was it was just over from there. It was just an absolute mauling, and and it's what can be expected, you know, when when you know a guy who is twenty one and one on one nine fights in a row, you know, yeah. been dominant fights a guy on ten days notice, who had just fought, who was on vacation, who has been a journeyman, to say the least, for most of his career. But uh, even though Bobby Green's been very popular and been on a good run, but this is what was expected. So after the fight, he did his promo and he did he cut it in English, and um, the he didn't have a translator or anything. And he basically they asked him about Benil Darius, who was his original opponent here, and he said he still still wants to fight him, but he he wants to win the title first, and then I think he'll defend the title against uh, Benil is kind of what he was saying and. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, you know, he, you know, you win nine in a row, you probably deserve a title fight, but he's not going to get one. 
And this he, is this is ten this is ten in a row. So or ten in a row. I mean, yeah. He he does he may have deserved it, but I mean the problem is is he hasn't really beat anybody like that's you know a top name and there's so many like lightweight is so stacked and not just with good fighters but with big names and sometimes it's harder to get past the big names than it is to get past the big you know fighters so he's gonna have to beat one of those names and probably even one of those fighters so you know we're talking about a a dustin poirier or a michael chandler or a justin gaethje he's gonna have to beat one of those guys in order to get into that title mix until that happens, it's, he's not gonna, I, I don't I, think he deserves the title fight. I mean, he you, gotta does. At, you, you gotta look at some of the circumstances. He lost Darius, Darius 10 days before, before this fight, he lost Rafael Dos Anjos a month before, before when they were supposed to fight in October. Yeah. He beat Dan Hooker. He's lost. other He's lost other fights that he, other big fights that he was supposed supposed to have. So he's, you know, it's not, all his fault that he doesn't have that that you know he's only beaten two guys right now who are currently ranked and has only beaten beaten one person that was ranked at the at the time of the fight which is Dan Hooker I think actually Moises was ranked but they dumped him out of the rankings like right like immediately af- afterwards but uh but yeah I mean uh Dana during his interview with John Morgan he seemed non-committal about giving Islam a title fight. Uh, he seemed more interested in trying to rebook the Darius fight. And we'll be honest, the, the ghost that lingers and his, and his head coach, Javier Mendez, he even mentioned it is Conor McGregor. Yeah. It, I mean, his, his Javier Mendez believes that Conor McGregor, you know, even with the two losses to, to Poirier, We'll get a we'll get a title shot ahead of is Islam and Dana kind of didn't really deny that when he when it when it was brought up brought up he just he he's just they just know that I mean they know that Connor's the big guy the big draw he's still going to be a big draw big draw coming back back from the leg injury now afterward now he's got to win because if he comes back and loses again it's it's over it's over for him. If he comes back and, and loses, that's why I think he's got to be smart about who he fights. Well, but uh, fighting Makachev wouldn't be smart. Fighting Makachev wouldn't be smart. I don't even think fighting Charles Oliveira no. would be smart. I think no, fighting, he, should, he should fight Michael Chandler. I think maybe Chandler, Chandler would probably be smart. I think yeah. I think if he were to fight Michael Chandler, or Tony Ferguson. Or Nate Diaz, those oh, probably yeah, be the yeah, 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 yeah. Smartest Ferguson, actually, Ferguson's the guy. Ferguson's the guy. We've talked about that. Yeah, before. yeah, but yeah. they're talking about doing Ferguson and Chandler. So okay, so who knows? So yeah, then Diaz. So, but uh, yeah, why not? And oh, sorry, which D, you take Nate or Nick? I mean, take your pick, but Nate. Yeah, well, Nate <laughs> said he doesn't want to fight him again, right? Yeah, <laughs> that just I, asking for more Nate, money. Nate. <laughs> We cannot, we cannot ever take Nate Diaz seriously because he's like okay. the, the biggest troll. He goes, it's like, you know, maybe if he wins a fight or two, let's for, let's not forget since since the time since their second fight, Conor McGregor actually has more wins than Nate Diaz does. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so yeah, two, two, two to <laughs> yeah. one, yeah. yeah, two to one. I mean, yeah, so uh, you know, Nate uh, Nate hasn't won since, but UFC 241. Oh yeah, Con- Connor at least has been since UFC two forty six. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. So. 
All right. Um, so, all right. Our three stars. So, you know, keep taking the main event out of the mix. Uh, oh, we, we're, we're, uh, I kept the main event in them. Oh, okay. The well, you know, no. we can include the main event then. I didn't have it in mind uh, just because uh, I thought it was too obvious. But it, was so that your number good. one yeah. then? That was uh, your number one? I don't rank them. I just say okay. Sorry. Okay. So your first one. Your first one. Your first one's a minute. <laughs> okay. So the, the, you know what? Then I will say. Okay. So I. You know, as everyone knows, I listen to this here, show. Here, here, Let's go. One of us do our our three, and then the other does our three. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Then yeah. And then if if you get if you have any that I already had, then I don't have to go over them again. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So what's your second one? Okay. So my first first star is Lamakachev. My uh, my second star will go to Armin Sarukian. Because okay. he that just, was one of mine too. Yeah, he just, I mean, he outside of Makachev, he probably had the best performance on the show. On the show, uh, Joel Alvarez, who was a, a legitimate light a guy who could have been ranked in lightweight, a fight we talked about a lot, a lot last week. Um, Sarukian just made him look like an amateur, took him down, busted his nose up. Nose up. Alvarez was a full 10 on the Muda scale when it comes to bloodiness. Yeah. This was just a bloody, bloody fight. Uh, Alvarez apparently broke his ribs on oh, on, at, on the first takedown of Surukin. But Surukin just mauled him in the first, mauled him in the sec, second, finished him, you know, two minutes into the second round. Just couldn't have looked any better. I mean, I mean, this was this was a standout performance, and that's a five in a row for him. And he was actually calling – for a rematch against Makachev, you know, I don't yeah. know, you know, that's yeah, going to yeah. be next. But I mean, I mean, Sarukian definitely should get a top ten guy next. Next, uh, you know, people talked about he was one of the first names brought up on the Dosanyas thing, but he's got a medical suspension and he's not ready to, he's not going to be ready to fight this weekend. So that's that's why we didn't bring him up in the, you know, in the first segment there. And then my third star, I'm going to go with another lightweight, uh, Terrence McKinney. Okay. I mean, McKinney just, he looked great too. I mean, he got Ferenza, sent him down immediately, showed off his wrestling, wrestling that he didn't get to show off because in his first fight because he knocked out Matt Fravola in seven seconds, but absolutely dominant on the ground, you know, smothering from the top, got the rear naked choke two minutes, 11 seconds into the, into the first round. And he's got a bunt with his story. He's got a ton of star potential on him, on so, him, and that's a guy you need to be watching. So when I when I watched this fight, I had two words in my head. Guess what those two words were? Uh, Michael Chiesa. No, eight dollars. Eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my NFT. Yeah. I, <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did think of that though when I when I saw yeah, this. I, I like, trust it. Trust me, I've been thinking about that for a week. I, yeah. I saw, I saw, I sold that one, but but I will say that was the first one I sold, and yeah. it helped me learn about you know yep. some more of these, some more of these stuff. You know, See, so. if, if it was me, I personally I would never I would never sell a card for a guy that had a fight coming up within like a week or two because I'd be just you know afraid. Like it can go the other way. He could have lost, and then you're like, oh good, I made a good move. But for me, like the way I, my mind thinks. I would not want to take that chance. So I would wait till after the fight and then try to, you know, do something. But then if they lose, then, you know, the value drops. So, yeah. All right. So those are your three stars. You had Terrence McKinney, Armin Sarukian, and Islam Akhchev. So, okay. So I got a text because um, I, 
because I watch everything on delay. So I got a text from somebody, a mutual friend of ours, who said I don't know, something about, uh, oh, this real bloodbath or something. He turned, looks like he turned on a faucet or something like that. Or it looks like they turned on a faucet. So I think it was how, how, what the wording was. So I had no idea what fight this person was talking about because I was, I hadn't even, I had watched the prelims, like the early, early prelims, like the first two fights. So I had no idea what, what he was talking about. And so when the main card started, I saw Armin Petrosian and Gregory Rodriguez. And, uh, you know, I think it was Rodriguez in this fight, you know, got bloodied up, but Armin Petrosian, you know, he, he won a split decision. It was very much a split decision. Like all three rounds could have gone either way, but Petrosian did enough to win. And, um, and he busted open. I think he, it was him that busted open Rodriguez in the third round. So he's my he's my one of my stars. And then I had a Sarukian as my other one. But the third one, I'm actually going to go with a tie. And it's Priscilla Kashera and Gian Kim. Um, now Gian Kim got robbed. <laughs> um, she won that fight, and the uh, the judges had it as a unanimous decision for Priscilla Kashera. Uh, I have no idea how. Um, Jian Kim landed like 150 strikes. She had Kashera bloodied up like crazy, like every round. And then in the third round, Kashera came back. She probably won the third round, but she busted open Kim. And uh, and then when the when the results were being read, like you could tell, neither one of them had any idea who was going to win. And Kashera was like praying. And then as soon as she won, she like dropped her knees and and she was like thanking Jiang Kim. And I mean, she saved her job because she should have been fired after the last fight. And here she won a 50K bonus. So I, you know, I'm cheating a bit and I'm giving it to both of them because I thought Jiang Kim should have won the fight. But Priscilla Kashera showed a lot of heart and coming back and winning the third round. And I guess she got takedowns at the end of the first two rounds. And sometimes that gives you the fights. But that, that was... That was a that was a robbery because I looked at the MMA decisions like one media member scored the fight for Kashera and all three judges gave it to her as well. So that that was bad. But yeah. Hey, we're doing we're doing hockey rules on these. Sometimes you see the three stars and the third yeah. one's a tie a tie. So that that's yeah. all good with me. <laughs> all right. Well, there was the famous one in uh in the fifties where Maurice Rocket Richard scored five goals in a 5-1 win in the Stanley Cup, and the three stars, uh, Le Premier Etoile, the first star, Maurice Rocket Richard, Le, Le Deuxième Etoile, the second star, Maurice Rocket Richard, Le Troisième Etoile, the third star, Maurice Rocket. So he won all three. Uh, I just had to get my Fred Jackson in there. Um, so just going over the uh, the rest of the results, um, we went over the main event. Wellington Sherman got a second-round submission over Misha Serkinov. Uh, that fight kind of sucked. Uh, Priscilla Kshara got that bogus decision over Zion Kim. Armin Sarukian, we mentioned. Armin Petrosian won a split decision over Gregory Rodriguez. The prelims, Ignacio Bahamundes got a third-round submission over Zhu Rong. That was a good fight. Uh, Zosian Nunez won a uh, unanimous decision over Romano Pasquale. This was a funny fight because she was, like, tiny, and Pasquale was a giant, and Nunez just beat her up. Uh, you mentioned Tia, Terrence McKinney getting a first-round submission over Farah's Ziam. Uh, Jonathan Martinez, a featherweight, won a unanimous decision over Alejandro Perez. Uh, Ramiz Brahmaj won a first-round submission over Michael Gilmore. And in the opener, split decision, Carlos Hernandez, a flyweight, uh, over Victor Altamarino. And that was another one that was, you know, all three rounds could have gone either way. So no no complaints about a split decision there. Uh, anything else you want to say about any of these fights? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I will go uh, real quick. Uh, Hernandez and Altamirano. Yeah, that was that was a very close fight. I think anything except the thirty twenty seven for Altamirano could have been could have yeah. been you know scored there. So that was also a very good very good fight fight. Uh, the fight with uh, Martinez and Perez. Uh, Perez fought the first two rounds like a guy who who was giving it away and trying to win it in the last 10 seconds of each round. And <laughs> you can't do it. And it probably cost him the cost him the fight. And, uh, and yeah, Bahamond is in the wrong zoo was fun. Petrosian Rodriguez was a really good fight as well. Fight as well. And I'll give props to, to the, uh, flyway fight between Cachoeira and Kim. I often say on this show and in my preview columns that I think Cachoeira is one of the worst fighters in UFC history. And I mean, but I got to give her a little props for this one because she fought very good in it, even though I had the fight for Kim. Um, The um, the, uh, Martinez Perez, was that the one where I sent you a DM that Robert Martinez would have given that fight to Perez because he got the late takedowns in all three rounds? No, uh, no, I think that was a. You might have been talking about the Nunez Pasquale fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Because Perez. Perez got the knockdown with like three seconds to go in the first round and around that Martinez clearly won four minutes and 55 seconds of, but everybody was talking about talking about did Perez steal that round with the knockdown? He knocked him down with three seconds and had no follow-up offense. I'm so I'm sorry. If you're going to knock somebody down late to steal a round, you need 30 seconds, uh, you know, 20 to 30 seconds of actual, you know, Landing or you got to rock the guy to where, like, you know, he doesn't know which way which way is up and yeah. just happens to escape the bell. Um, okay, and the uh, bonuses went to – actually, Wellington Derman got one of the bonuses, uh, which surprised me because I didn't really think much of that fight. Um, and then fight of the night was Kasher and Kim, and then uh, Armin Sarukian won a performance of the night bonus as well. So – we will move on to the big one this coming weekend, UFC 272. And again, we're going to do these a little bit differently. Um, we're going to highlight the main events uh, on these pay-per-view previews and, and obviously on the regular previews as well. And then we'll just quickly go over some of the fighters that we are looking forward to seeing rather than – and we'll run down the the card, but we'll you know mainly just going to focus on a couple of fighters that we're mainly interested in going on these previews going forward. But, you know, let us know what you think, you know, if, if, you, you, know, if, you, if you have a different suggestion about how you want us to go over these or you know anything like that or if you like what we're doing let us know uh we always like to hear feedback so at ryan j frederick and at paulie's fontaine on twitter or in the feist game facebook group um but of course the main event um as we discussed at the beginning of the show uh colby covington and jorge masvidal and ryan before we went on the air you were mentioning that you know you did some research into the backstory here and uh, you can kind of fill everyone in for those that don't know, you know, exactly how we got here and why, you know, this fight between two guys that, you know, neither one's a champion. Why is this the main event? And yeah, uh, why, you're, you're going to tell us. Yeah. Why is this such a heated rivalry? Why is this this big grudge match? And and why is it so big that it's headlining a pay-per-view with no title on the line? And really, it's a story of two former best friends who just absolutely hate each other's guts now now uh when colby covington was a young prospect uh he moved from oregon to florida to join the american top team group and one of the first people to really welcome him with open arms was jorge masvidal those two were inseparable they lived together at point at a, at a point uh covington covington's big thing and masvidal 
became close to him because Covington's big thing was he's a strong wrestler, but he needed to learn striking, striking. So so Matt and Masvidal wanted to improve his wrestling. So they kind of got to get got together, uh, and, you know, trained together. Covington was teaching him wrestling, and the big thing about American Top Team is it's one of the top camps in the world in the world world, and they have a whole bunch of coaches. But there's a lot of coaches on that team that only work with a certain number of athletes. And I think that's what makes that that gym. You know, you'll have Mike, you know, your Mike Brown, Browns who works with everybody who's in the in the corner of everybody. But but you know, yeah. And uh so uh Masvidal's main striking coach was it was this Cuban guy. Uh I forget the I had the name here here. But anyway, uh so he started working with with Covington, Covington and Covington striking got better. Now all of a sudden, you know, to the point where Covington, you know, became an interim champion, and Masvidal was in Covington's corner when he beat Dos Anos for the for the interim title. And all of a sudden, we we've seen over the years Colby Covington how his personality has kind of changed. Well, it was a gimmick at first, but <laughs> and we all know it. We all know it was a gimmick. That that I mean, if you listen to me, it's like, no, nah, that's not how he really is. He's playing enough for cameras. Somewhere along the line, the gimmick became him. I mean, he, you know, instead of it being a gimmick, that became his whole actual being. It was no longer a gimmick. This is, no, this is we're truly who he truly is. Started alienating a lot of the gym. A lot of the gym. I mean, there's there's been all these fighters from American Top Team, and Dan Lambert, the the owner and head of American Top Team, has talked about it. The biggest issue with Masvidal and Covington, aside from that, aside from that, is Covington had an agreement with with the coach that that uh, Masvidal set him up with on payment. Well, Covington started to make more money. And he started to stiff the coaches on pay, pay. So he here he was boasting about all this money he was making, but he was started to started to stiff his coaches on their pay, and and started claiming, oh, I'm not making as much money as the UFC says I am, or I'm not making as much money as I'm making it out out to be, which nobody believed him. And that's really like the main, like one of the big catalysts that that caused the split of him getting kicked out of the American top team was just him not paying, paying the coaches properly, properly. I think he owed, I think he had an agreement with the, uh, with like the striking coach, uh, oh, crap. I keep trying to get his name, uh, to pay him 5%, which, which they claimed on the Dos Anjos fight would have been like close to 20,000. And he only paid the guy like 5,000 and refused to pay him the rest. So that was kind of, that's really kind of the story of how he got, got here and that's just they've gone from best friends to just enemies uh paulino hernandez is the uh is the okay. name of the, coach. the cuban guy yeah yeah the cuban guy uh i knew it was hernandez i didn't want to get his his first name wrong wrong but uh yeah that's basically kind of the gist of where it all began you know covington's you know, fake personality taking over to become his real personality and him being him being just, you know, stiff, you know, stiffing people with money while he's out there gloating about how much he has, you know, and doing all those crazy Instagram videos. And it got toxic and Dan Lambert had no choice but to get rid of Covington. And now we're now we're here. This is where we're at. And this 
these two hate each other and they're going to try to take each other's head off. Yeah. And uh, Jorge Masvidal, everybody knows street Jesus, um, you know, the uh, BMF champion. I'm sure that if Covington wins this fight, he's going to start calling himself the BMF champion. Um, and, you know, Covington is also, you know, I don't, I don't think you mentioned it in your rundown there, but Donald Trump's favorite fighter. Uh, I haven't heard anything about whether or not he's going to be in the crowd or anything, but um, you know, I'm sure he'll be tweeting about it. I hope not. He won't. He won't be <laughs> tweeting about anything. What you don't think Trump will be? Oh, right. Yeah, right. He's his Twitter account suspended. Uh, it, well, there's that uh, burner account, maybe. Uh, but he'll be talking about it anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. If, I guess if he is there, they probably won't make a big deal about it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a big, real big fight, and you know, it's in Vegas, and they don't. You know, the main events in Vegas are always money fights, and this is definitely a money fight. And really, I mean, it is a one-match show in terms of, um, you know, pay-per-view, buys, you know, interest, whatever. I mean, you know, we lost the Dosanios Fizia fight. They'll get another opponent, hopefully, for Dosanios. But it's not, you know, whether it's Moicano or Makachev or somebody else, like, you know, n- nobody that doesn't have one-tenth, probably even one-hundredth of the interest of Covington Masvidal. Um, you know, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, and who who do you you got Covington, obviously, I think. I I don't I would think so, but uh Masvidal, this is this is a fight Masvidal wants, and I can see him doing you know what he did to Ben Askren. I can see that definitely as a possibility or him, you know, taking Covington's head off. But uh I mean it's hard to see Covington you know, not losing this fight. Well, Covington's the only guy that's really been competitive, you know, with Usman. And, you know, Masvidal's fought Usman twice, right? Or was it once? Well, it was twice, right? Uh, twice, yeah. He's, yeah. And, Usman, and, and Usman's he, fought both these guys, both yeah. these guys twi- twice. Yeah, and, and, and the and, first fight was, the first fight was, you know, a 25-minute beatdown, and the second fight was a second-round KO. So, I mean... You know, and and the, really the game, the styles are very similar, you know, I think for Covington and Usman. So for me, like, I kind of look at this fight the same as those fights. And, you know, unless Masvidal catches him early, I, I don't expect it. I don't expect this to go any differently than the two Usman fights. So we'll see. I mean, I, lo- I love Masvidal. And, and if he does win, then, you know, he's going to get another big money fight out of this. Uh, probably, probably looking at Nick Diaz, I would think. But. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is a real big fight. So a lot of interest, um, you know, and there's, um, uh, I, you know, there's an AEW pay-per-view going on this weekend. So a lot of the people that, you know, listen to this and listen to our group, you know, will be torn between those two. I'll be getting them both. Uh, As I think these are both going to be great shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So we, so what we, we decided we, we're going to have, um, three fighters that, you that you or three fights and or fighters that you want to spotlight so uh what what do you got for your three on the rest of the card okay uh for my other three uh featherweight fight uh between edson barboza and bryce mitchell yeah uh, yeah i mean this is a high level fight uh bryce mitchell was on arrow Hawaii show last week and talked a lot of craziness it was not it was just it it was a far out there out there interview but he's but if you if you take all that away he's still a quality fighter who's undefeated but he hasn't fought in a really long time and edson barboza is 
is violent and he's going to come in to ki- kick your head off. And Bryce Mitchell is going to have to avoid that striking and go right for the takedown takedowns. Uh, just, uh, I mean, it's very interesting styles, cl- styles clash and Barboza is far and away the toughest opponent Mitchell's fought yet, fought yet. And not, you know, that's a really good fight. Uh, another fight, uh, a second fight. I'm looking forward to women's strawweight fight, Marina Rodriguez against Jan Zionin. Um, this should be on the main card. Uh, the Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy have no business being on the main card, and it's mainly because Greg Hardy has no business being on the main card or still in the UFC. But it's the last fight on his contract. Hopefully, this is Sayonara for Greg Hardy. But back to the women. Uh, this is uh, Rodriguez wins. She has to be next in line to whoever wins between Rose Nama Yunus and Carla Esparza whenever that fight's going to happen. Uh, Zionin, she's coming off her loan. UFC lost to Sparza in uh, May of last year. Uh, she could get a title fight with a win or or another big fight. Uh, yeah, this is a very big strawweight fight, and both of them are high-level fighters. And then I'm going to go with, a, you know, I'm picking a fight from the main card. That's from the main prelims, and then I'm going to go with my third fight from the early prelims. It's a featherweight fight, uh, the return of Cousin Umar. Umar Nurmago met off uh, in a featherweight fight against Brian Kelleher. I mean, Umar, cousin Umar, eh, you have to watch out for him. He's what thirteen and zero. Yeah, he hasn't fought hasn't fought since January of last year. Last year, but he's, I mean, he's Habib's cousin. And yeah, he's close with Habib, and we know how that goes. And Brian Kelleher is a real fighter, and Brian Kelleher is gonna make it a dog fight for him. But uh, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing cousin Umar and what he can do. And I hope that regardless of when he wins or loses, which, but I think he's going to win pretty easily. I hope it's not another 13 months or 14 months before we see him again. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) those were like the three fights that I actually had too, but I picked a, I picked the backup just in case I, cause I I didn't want to have the same three, but I just want to add something about Barbosa Mitchell. Actually, I'll add something about both of them. Um, so Barbosa Mitchell, uh, I was looking at Barbosa's history. He's won ten performance of the night bonuses, and eight of them were fight for fight of the night. So you know that's why you always look forward to Edson Barbosa fights because there's a real good chance it's going to be the fight of the night. Um, and then with Marina Rodriguez and Zion and Yan, um, she had been undefeated in UFC. You know, with some wins over some you know big names, Kaylin Curran, uh, Siri Kondo, who a lot of uh, people listening to this might know from Stardom. Um, Angela Hill, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, and Claudia Gedalia. And then she lost to Esparza, which kind of set Esparza on this track to, to get a title shot. But, um, you know, she was, you know, right there for, for a title shot. So I think even if um, if Rose retains over Carla and Zion and Yan wins over Marina, then I, I could see them doing that fight as well. So, you know, this is a very important strawweight fight. Um, and then, so I guess, you know, because you mentioned Umar, the one I'll go to is the one that may open the show, um, Dustin Jacoby and Mikhail Olashejuk, um, and mainly for Dustin Jacoby. Um, you know, I, I just think the story of this guy is just incredible. You know, he took he had a long layoff in UFC, was doing kickboxing for a long time, came back, and you know had to win to to on the contender series to get his way in, and now he's gone. You know, five fight unbeaten streak, four wins and a draw. Um, you know, he had a great KO win over Darren Stewart when he in position over John Allen in his last fight. 
um you know this is a, this is a big story and i'm i'm surprised that he's on you know buried on the prelims because i don't know he's a he's a real popular guy and and real exciting fighter so um you know i i think people you know you might want to go out of your way to see this and maybe if he gets a quick win um although he's got a tough opponent um they maybe they'll show it later on if they have some time uh they they, they don't always do that but sometimes they do so um, so, uh, other than the ones we mentioned, uh, just to go over the rest of the, uh, card here, Ryan. Okay. So our, so our early prelim, uh, kicks off at, uh, six Eastern time, five central time, uh, three on the Pacific coast opens with the light heavyweight fight, Dustin, Jacoby and Mikhail, Oleg Sajak. I, I also, I love this fight and I love Jacoby's story, story and him being unbeaten since he's come back. And yeah, this fight should be higher up. Uh, we got a lightweight fight. Devontae Smith fighting a short notice replacement, Ludovic Klein. Uh, that'll probably be all action. Got a flyweight fight. Tim Elliott against Tagir Ulenbekov. Tim Elliott always has fun fights. Ulenbekov is trying to work his way up to, up to the title contention. Got a whole lot of potential. That should be another fun fight. And then it ends with the featherweight fight between Kelleher and Cousin Umar. Then we go to the main prelims, which will be on ESPN on as well as ESPN Plus, uh, starting at 8 Eastern time. It'll probably start a little bit later than that because you have the Duke-North Carolina game, <laughs> which is also uh, Coach K's final home game at Duke. So it's probably going to get – these prelims are probably going to get a huge lead in, you know, ratings-wise because that game oh. is – that basketball game is going to be – Gonna be, you know, the most watched college basketball game, game of the year, you know, as outside of the tournament. But anyway, but uh, the main prelims kick off with a women's flyweight fight between Marina Moroz and Maria Agapova. Uh, these two probably hate each other more than Covington and Masvidal do. So this one is gonna be crazy. Marina Moroz is one of the people that got Maria Agapova kind of kicked out of American Top Team, claim, claiming she would come into training sessions on drugs and all sorts of things. And Agapova would deny it. And these two just they hate hate each other. And and I mean, if there were if Dana White and UFC and security Steve and UFC security is worried about Covington and Masvidal getting into it beforehand. They need to do everything they can to keep these two ladies apart as well. Uh, we have another light heavyweight fight. Nikolai Negrumanu against Kennedy and, and Chuck Wu. I mean, these are both uh, young prospects. Uh, they probably should be on the early prelims and you switch out the Jacoby old yeah. fight, but whatever that, you know, I'm not in charge of this stuff. If I, if I were some of these card, Card lineups might be a little bit different. <laughs> different. Uh, then we have the women's strawway fight, Marina Rodriguez and Jan Zionen. And then the prelims end with a lightweight fight, Jalen Turner against Jamie Malarkey. Malarkey's been very impressive as of late, and Jalen Turner's got a lot of potential. That should be a fun fight. Main card kicks off with a heavyweight fight, Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. Uh, Hardy's lost two in a row, has looked terrible. Hopefully this is... Hopefully Spivak can make, you know, make it three in a row. And, yeah, just like, you know, Greg Hardy does not need to be in the UFC. And hopefully this is the end of that experiment. Uh, Then we have a welterweight fight. Big Mouth making his move to (laughs) welterweight. Kevin Holland against Cowboy, but not that Cowboy, but Cowboy Alex Oliveira, who's lost three straight. So this is a must win for Oliveira. Really, it's a must win for Holland as well. Yeah. As well, I mean, we've always we've talked long about 
you know, he needs to be at welterweight. He's too small for middleweight, too small for middleweight. He had so much success at middleweight that he just stayed there. But now maybe we'll see his full potential. Who knows? Uh, you know, he's got, he's got a good strike. He's got a striking opponent, which is probably good for him. He did not fight a pure wrestler from the get go, because we all know that his biggest weakness is wrestling, but, uh, should be a good bounce back fight for Holland. Then we have the fight Bar- Barboza against Bryce Mitchell. Then your co-main event, they can find Dos Anjos, an opponent. That'll stay in the co-main event. Co-main event, I haven't checked my phone since we started recording, so I don't know if anything's happened then since then. And, uh, and of course, we have the main event last, Covington and Masvidal. Should be a good show. Dana White's already said today that uh, they got a $6 million gate for the show. So don't know that wow. it's sold out or not, but $6 million gate is $6 million gate. So that's a big gate. Um, I mean, if for some reason they don't find an opponent for Dos Anjos, I mean, that Barbosa Mitchell fight is as good a co-main event as anything else. So I, I would have no issue with them just keeping the main card as it is and then moving up one of those other cards. Because really, that's, so it's a one-fight card. and Not as much as I want to see Rafael Dos Anjos fight again, but uh, Barbosa Mitchell, that's going to be the fight of the night. I'll, I'll tell everybody that right now. Um, yeah. Outside chance of that Marina Morosa, uh Maria Agapova, that could be a... That could be a war. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. So no, real good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just checked. Uh, no update yet. You know, we're an hour into the show. No yeah. update yet on Dos, Dos Anjos. I would say depending, you know, we're recording Monday night here, here, you know, almost midnight Eastern time. Uh, I would suspect depending on what time you're listening to the show, show, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, uh, you might, we might have the official word. We should have official word on it on it by Tuesday. I can't imagine anything later than Tuesday because they would need to get whoever it is in the town on Tuesday, Tuesday. So I can't imagine. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this or maybe just a little bit after, if you listen to it right away, right away when it gets posted, we'll, we'll have more information on Dos Anjos. But like I said, current front runner, it looks to be Dos Anjos against Donato Moicano. Um, and uh cheap plug here. Uh, we have a show that, uh, it should be airing. We were tentatively scheduled to air again on Thursday um, called that. We just started called the bruise news on the Fikey media uh, YouTube channel. And one of the topics that we're going to have uh, is just like a quick preview of UFC 272. So whatever that uh, co-main event ends up being, um, I will talk about it with Garrett Gonzalez and whoever our guest is. We, we've got somebody in mind, but we're not sure if we're going to be able to get them or not. But um, and so, yeah, I'll touch base with Ryan and get any quick notes that we need to get out there for UFC 272. Any last-minute things, uh, you know, before uh, before the show? That'll be Thursday afternoon, so you can look out for that. Um, and then quickly before we go, just a couple more news items from your column. Um, I, uh, I I don't know what you wanted to highlight. There was a couple things I, I kind of caught my eye, and then, you know, the fights that got made as well. Um, this, uh, I don't know why, I thought it was cute. This Henry Cejudo uh, top five fighters, and he put himself in there <laughs> he put he put himself in there and he but he didn't put habib in there yeah or GSP. Or, well it wasn't gsp at five and maybe, he had himself maybe at GSP four a, yeah oh yeah he had himself at four he, i think he had john jones and then uh anderson silva and i forget who else well to be fair i will be honest with this there was uh we had a thread in the fight game group i think and somebody was you know asking people for their top five all time and i did it and then 
it I, Khabib just bl- I blanked on Khabib, but I mean, you know, if I really put some thought into it, I mean, if you don't put Khabib in your top five, then you know I, you're not even worth listening to, um, you know, because really he is, you know, in contention for the for the goat. Really, um, you know, the only I mean, the nice thing with him is he didn't have a decline. You know, he retired at the top of his game, and just about everyone else has had a decline. I mean, GSP was close. You know, um, you know, he retired a champion, so. Um, but he did, you know, he had the two losses. So, um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> fight again, please. You closed off your column. Anything else from the column you wanted to highlight? Uh, Con- Connor. Well, we got to oh, talk yeah. about Connor a little bit. He was at the Bellator show, you know. Highlight the show. Dublin, yeah. You, you, you know, he, he he's very fun to watch in the crowd, yeah. especially when his, when his teammates are fighting because he gets very anima- animated. Uh, if you have ever seen that famous Chuck Liddell gif wherever he, where he's like outside, but he's acting like he's fighting fighting you oh, know, he'll jump kinda, on the, he'll jump on the apron yeah Con, connor's very very animated but uh he did an interview with uh severe mma sean sheehan uh he said he's hoping to be cleared to start sparring in april and if he's cleared by then uh july if everything goes right he's really targeting july july mm-hmm. which makes sense which makes sense but i mean he's not gonna fight anywhere where except las vegas or or new york so uh so they know i mean so or July Croker Park, but that's never happened. Croke Park, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, or or I mean, Las Vegas. Oh, and, Abu Dhabi. You know, T Mobile. No, he won't even fight in Abu Dhabi oh, anymore. Really? They can't. UFC can't make can't make the gate there that they can okay. in Vegas or MSG or at a stadium. You know, I could. See oh, I thought fight. I thought they were getting like a site fee that was the equivalent <laughs> of like a twenty five million dollar gate. They're gonna get the same site fee whether Conor McGregor is in the main event or okay. or gotcha. Valentina Shevchenko against Tyler Santos is the main event. They're gonna get <laughs> gotcha. the same they're gonna get the same amount of money. So Yeah, so. all right, gotcha. All right. And uh and then so and then we got some uh, fight announcements. Oh quite a few fight announcements. Uh what what did you I guess Paul Daly's retirement fight jumps out at me. What else? Yeah, yeah. Paul Daly's retirement fight on the London show uh, May 13th against Andre Korshkov. So he's not taking a he's not taking an easy retirement fight to say the least. So we'll put it put it that way. Uh, just a couple that I that I like. Uh, UFC Fight Night on April 23rd. Charles Jordan against Lando Venata. That fight. Uh, I mean, that's got action written all over it. So that fight is going to be fantastic. Uh, UFC 274 on May 7th. Uh, interesting rematch they booked. Uh, Shogun Hua fighting for the first time since you know before the pandemic, I think, or right at the pandemic. Yeah. I think he might have fought early pandemic, but he's rematching against Ovin St. Prue, who knocked him out, I think like 2014 or something like that. Back when OSP was he was having a good win streak that led to an interim title fight against John Jones. But uh, both these guys have lost a lot lately, and they're both different fighters since the first time they fought so it might go a little bit different or it might go the same uh you also got an interesting flyweight fight on that card uh brandon royville against Matt Schnell. and uh yeah that's pretty much it as far as highlighting everything you know yeah. a lot of you know mid-tier to lower level fighters well the the one that i'm interested in other than the one i mentioned i I'm actually really interested in this jj aldrich jillian robertson fight because Robertson is sneaky becoming like a top contender, like with her submission game, like it may be the best in UFC right now outside of 
well if for women um you know i think kayla harrison maybe probably would have her in uh you know perhaps in overall mma but uh she's just she's pulling these submissions out of nowhere and jj aldrich's probably the biggest fight she's had so i'm really interested in that one and that's just in a couple weeks on the london show right no, that's the that's the one show in Vegas before the London show. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Oh yeah, and, uh, another thing I I did uh, for the Columbus card, one of the big fights on the Columbus card. Uh, this just news about this just broke within the last couple of hours, but uh, one of the big fights on the Columbus card was supposed to be a strawweight fight between Michelle Watterson and Amanda Hebas. Uh, that fight's off. Uh, Michelle Watterson had to pull out due to injury. Oh, okay, too bad. Um, all right, so uh, that's just going to about do it. Um, the other, oh, yeah, we always do this. Um, the uh, that Ryan's got the rundown in his column, but uh, if if you if UFC 272 isn't enough MMA for you this weekend, we've also got a Titan FC card on Friday night on UFC Fight Pass. We've got a CES card also on Fight Pass. And I know uh, Filthy Tom Lawler sometimes does commentary for those shows. I don't know if he's doing this one. Um, Cage Warriors 133 from San Diego. So they're another uh, United States show. Or is this the first one? Uh, no, uh, they, did no a, this, they did a San Diego one a couple months ago. Okay, yeah. So they yeah, so they're do, running again in the United States. That's the one that normally runs in the UK, and Unified MMA uh, also from Alberta. And you know, I've seen a lot of these Unified MMA shows, and they're pretty good. Um, these are like Canadian indies. Uh, this is airing at on Fight Pass as well. So what is that fucking? Four shows on Fight Pass this weekend. All, 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 all on Friday. All, run, yeah. all running, you know, basically concurrently. I mean, yeah. they, you know, one starts at, uh, these are East Coast times. One starts at six, one starts at seven, one starts at eight, one starts at nine. But yeah, if you subscribe to Fight Pass and you like <laughs> watching regional MMA, your Friday night's going to be busy. Yeah, I, I would say from experience, and I've watched promotion, I've watched shows from all these promotions. I'd say the best bet for a good show are the Titan and the Unified MMA shows. So, and they're the ones that you could probably watch, and you could, you know, and the, and you won't miss anything if if you because one starts at six Eastern, the other one starts at nine Eastern, and then the P, PFL Challenger series uh, will air probably with about fifteen viewers on Fubo TV. Um, so. That's going to just about wrap it up. Uh, so we just got just got enough time for our plugs. Ryan, you'll have your UFC 272 preview on uh, on Thursday or Friday. Also, we're going to be doing a post-fight recap on uh, Saturday night after the show. And Garrett Gonzalez is going to be joining us from Wrestling Observer Radio and Fight Game Media and all you guys all know Garrett. Um, so he has confirmed he will be joining us for the post-show. And uh, that'll be on the Patreon. Uh, so that patreon.com slash fight game media it's beginning of the month right now so if you sign up now you'll get shows from all the people on this free feed get have at least one show every month on there plus there's regular shows every four shows a week so almost one a day um on the on the uh patreon feed for just five bucks a month so it's a really good deal and that's the one we used to be on um and then uh and then you'll have your coverage also in the observer um i just finished reading the stuff from last week's show so um you'll, you'll have your coverage in there as well and i am going to be doing an interview for the fight game media uh youtube channel uh, with a guy named big trouble ben bishop sounds like an mma fighter but he's actually a aw well he's an independent wrestler that's wrestled for AEW a few times and uh this guy is 
massive. He's like six ten, legit. He builds himself at seven feet, but he is. Uh, but he's a little older, and I just I was really intrigued by him, so I reached out and uh, got to interview him for the YouTube channel. So that'll be tomorrow, uh, Tuesday afternoon. So later today, as you're listening, and we may even throw the audio up there on one of the feeds at some point. But uh, you can check out the video for sure as you're listening. To this it might even be up there already. Um, so, uh, but before we go, you got anything else you want to plug Ryan or you just want to do your, your, uh, catchphrase, <laughs> uh, hit me up anytime. Twitter, Twitter, uh, Ryan at Ryan J Frederick. If you miss the handle, you'll see it plenty of times on Saturday night. Send me some nice stuff and I'll interact with you. Uh, send me some mean stuff and I'll mute you. I won't block you because I won't, I won't give you that satisfaction. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll probably see me there too because I usually watch I, the pay per views live. But, like I say every week, you know those who haven't listened, I love talking MMA with people. If you're respectful and nice, and nice, I don't, I'm not in charge of who gets put on, who gets put on on TV. All I all I can say uh, say is if you're wondering why I get put on TV, well, I've been credentialed to over 200 MMA, 200 UFC shows as a media member, so that's why. There, there's your answer. And and I'm there because I'm your friend. Um, so <laughs> there's a little truth in that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So for Ryan, uh, I'm Paul and Hey, hit us up and let us know what you think of the, uh, changes we made to the show. Let us know if you like, them. do we need to go back? Any other suggested changes you want to make? Um, uh, so for Ryan, Ryan, I'm Paul Ryan, take us home as you always do. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. <laughs>